from your 20 years at Nielsen, from your years at working at Academy M and supporting people, one thing that I've, I've realized about you is you're very calculated in a good way, right? So one thing that you emphasize is not to make an emotion, emotional decision. So for the future entrepreneurs, current entrepreneurs, future leaders, how do they balance staying true to themselves, but at the same time not making a decision at the workplace based on emotion? Well, one example I can give, um, speaking with someone, where they, they left a company probably a little earlier than they should have. Um, like, uh, you know, if you start to, you know, you're working with someone or you're working for a company and you start to see some things that are unethical or um, you're working with people who lack integrity, well, just because they're living that way doesn't mean that you're supposed to live that way. So it, you wouldn't make an emotional decision by saying, well, I just need to remove myself from this company because you could remove yourself from that situation and go work for somebody else and deal with the same thing. Mm. Because most businesses are ran, you know, they, they, they usually use the model. It's part of their mission that they, they want to have integrity. You know, the employees need to have it. But to be honest with you, you know, when you're talking about money and billions are being made and trillions of dollars are being made, it's it's a, it's a good line until money is on the line. Mm. Well, if you're looking at it from your standpoint and you're treating yourself like a business, you operate almost in the same world and you're for, forced to if you're in corporate America, you need to start to look at yourself and when I'm speaking of yourself, I'm just speaking to everyone. Mm. Um, you need to start to look at yourself as a company. So what would the company do? Well, if the company was trying to remove you and separate you from the company, that's not an emotional decision. That's, that decision has been plotted and planned. When they fire you today, usually there's a trail, there's a paper trail to protect themselves legally to make that move. Mm. Well, if you look at that in reverse and you say, well, I need to separate myself from this company, mm. <laughs> you start to plan and plot your exit. Well, that's a logical way of thinking. But it's your fluid that's driving that to say, hey, let me back off and let me not make an emotional decision and say, well, I've had a bad day today or I didn't like what my boss said to me today, so I'm just gonna quit. Mm. Well, there are a lot of millennials who are making that move or they've already made a prejudgment to say, well, I'm not gonna work for a company longer than two or three years. Well, that's. To me, that's not smart because that's like saying I'm not going to be married to this person longer than two or three years. You don't know how long you're going to be. Mm. I mean, you should go into it. Um, making it making it work. Yeah, making it work. Mm. So if you were to interview most of your listeners, especially the millennial ones, they would look at, uh, well, that's old school. That's an old way of thinking of retiring from a company and working for a company for 20 or 30 years. Well, that wasn't normal even. When I was young, I didn't think I would be working for Nielsen for 20 or 30 years. Um, but it's worked in my favor and also Nielsen's because I bring value to the company. So if you start to look at it as, as yourself being valuable, um, re regardless of what company you work for, instead of looking at it, I worked for one company for 20 or 30 years, if you're going to work and take care of yourself, you're going to work for somebody for 20 or 30 years. <laughs> So what's the difference of one company versus 10? Mm. Well, some people will say, and I've had this said to me, even from people who, who are coming into Nielsen, who are young people who are thinking like, well, I'm qualified, um, I'm exceptional, so I should be promoted within two years. Well, 
I throw back at them, well, that's just like you saying, uh, I'm a nice looking person. I should be married within two or three years. Mm. How do you predict, you know, none of us are uh, fortune tellers, <laughs> fortune tellers yeah. or mind readers or magicians. <laughs> and we're going to predict where we're going to be in two or three years. Now, you can plan and set goals, but why should a goal be I'm going to exit this company or I'm going to exit this relationship on a specific date. Well, if that happens and you start to feel that you should leave the company, you, at that point you should plot and plan it, but it still should be done in a way to where as you've left one company, but you've already prepared your entry into another company before you leave this company. Go back to something you said a few minutes ago about the you know millennials and them making emotional decisions and when... So you said something about the values not coinciding with the company's values. How important is that? Because it seems like with millennials, if if the values don't match to a T, they're willing to call it quits. But what would be the better way of looking at that relationship? Um, I, I would think the better way would be to treat it like a relationship. Mm. You know, uh, if you want a relationship to work, both parties have to be vested. Well, right now there's a was it the egg or the chicken? And the argument is which one comes first, which mm. one is greater? Mm. Um, instead of looking at it, well, they're both are needed. So the corporation now reacts to what they see, then the new employees coming in, well, they're not vested, they're not gonna be with us long, so we're not gonna invest in them. And then the employees coming into the company, well, they're not allowing uh, people to retire, they're laying people off whenever there's a recession, even though they're making record profits, so mm. I'm not going to invest in them. Mm. Well, the only thing you can control is yourself. So I believe, you know, for myself, well, I control what I can control. I can't control Nielsen letting me go tomorrow, but I can control making it harder for them to make that decision. By, become, by becoming more valuable. <laughs> becoming more valuable. Mm. So at least control the things you can control and you increase your chances. So I, I believe in odds, you know, there's not 100% of anything, but yeah, I'd rather be in the, <laughs> the 80 to 90% um, hmm. chance of uh, not getting laid off. But usually, you know, like, and, I, and if you look at a company, what they call the GE model of business, where they, that, that I think it's the 20-70-10 rule, which means you, you reward and maintain your 20%. The 70% is the average. You need them to support your company, but the 10% you let go every year. Now, I've always, I haven't always been a proponent of that, but having that rule is also why a lot of millennials don't put faith in corporations. Mm. Um, that meritocracy rule, which is um, you gotta perform and you gotta show me numbers for me to even consider you to be in this 20%. Mm. Well, a lot of millennials are coming into the company thinking, well, I'm part of that 20%. Off the bat. Right off the bat, mm. but you haven't showed your value to the company. And I hate to say it, but that's nonsense. <laughs> you know, you haven't even proven yourself. Mm. You've been, you're still basically on uh, probation in your first year or two with the company. You're not really vested. You know you're vested in the company where they're matching your 401k at 50%. Whoa. That's the best way to look at it. Mm. Any company you go into, if they're offering a, a retirement plan and they're saying, oh, we're not matching it at 
20% or 10% or you can't even invest in this until your third year, well, you're not an employee really until your third year. Mm. But then the average millennial is coming in saying, I want to be promoted in two or three years or I'm leaving. Well, how about you perform, state your case, make your case, and then start to think that way. So basically, an employee shouldn't even come in thinking they should be promoted until that that presents itself. So just take it out of your mind. Is it, is it fair to look at these situations as if I'm really a person of value, say I'm a young person and I have value and I think I have a lot of skills and I'm, I'm going to apply to this corporation that maybe doesn't have the same values and principles that I do, but I should stick stick the course, stay the course, because now I'm going to become a person of change and affect them positively. Yeah, you could, you could uh, and I've done it with Nielsen, you know. You can make their decisions so hard, and I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, while I was working with Nielsen, I was also in an entertainment business, and I would do so much for Nielsen to make it harder for them to question that. Mm. As long as I was doing my job, and, and the executive told me this 20 years ago, do what you do. That's in your own time, as long as it doesn't affect our time. <laughs> so when, when you're at work, bring something to the table. Yeah, and, but also when I'm at work for Nielsen, yeah. my mind is not on the music business. It's on Nielsen. It's on Nielsen. So you give, you give the thing it's due. Whatever, whatever you're, wherever you're at at the time, you got, you have to, and I think also employers would appreciate that because then, say as a, as a small business owner or an aspiring entrepreneur as I am, I would feel more vested in taking care of that employee because I would feel that they're taking care of my needs. Yeah, hmm. and that's also going back to that value word, um, and you're making it harder for that company when it, if it does come to that point where. Wow, we, we're not making as much money. We got to let people go. Well, they're going to obviously go after the people who don't bring value or bring in less value. Well, if you're devoting yourself to a company, and that's what a lot of people in your generation is refusing to look at, which is devotion, you know, and that's why they're not thinking of staying at a company until retirement. Well, the whole point to that is don't think of either one. I didn't think of being with Nielsen for 20 or 30 years. Um, and I did not think of it. Mm. I just did my job and lived my life. And you let those chips fall when they fall. Mm. But, but by preparing your life and doing your job well, you increase your chances of making a better decision when that happens. Mm. And living in that world, also, you'll be able to see when it's about to happen to you. Mm. You're not blindsided by, oh, wow. I thought I was the best person in this position. And next thing you know, you're firing me. Mm. Well, if you're operating in that world and you're using your common sense and your fluid intelligence, you'll be to see that coming. You'll be able to tell by the moves that they're making with other people who are similar to you. And then you can start your plot and your move. And then you say, okay, well, I need to be out of here in six months. Mm. Well, that's a different person than a person saying, um, or that's a different way of thinking than a person thinking that, oh, I'm coming into the company already plotting my exit. Mm. Now, on that note, plotting your exit. Um, so say, though, you finally hit rock bottom and you know you don't want to be at this place anymore. How do you how do you craft your exit strategy? Because I know you've told me and you've advised many others that you don't just outright quit. Always be in a, in a, in a position of authority or in a posi position where you can leverage 
your current Well, you got you to start from the conversation or what I was just saying a second ago. Get back to the source. In other words, come in correct. Mm. Come in doing, having a right mindset from day one. So if that, that situation comes about, say, in year one or year two, you can see it coming months in advance. So that gives you some uh, wiggle room to start to plot that exit. But if you're coming in with a mindset of, I'm gonna change the company, I got the best ideas for this company, I'm gonna take them to another level, now when they're treating you this way, you're blindsided. Mm. So now you're forced to make an emotional decision because your mind had never, that never crossed your mind. Mm. Well, I'm always thinking at any given time, I can be released by Nielsen. Mm. I thought that way in every job I've had, mm. but I'm not. I'm not dwelling on it. It's just in my mind. It's a possibility, so I go back to, and I, I get that out of my mind immediately because I am human, right. and I'll start to think, okay, I'm just going to do what I'm good at, and I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to do what I do, mm. to pretty much sum it up. And I do my job at a high level, and I advise that to anyone in any field. Make it harder for. Uh, an employer to remove you or to mistreat you by doing your job at a high level. It's not thinking of doing your job at a high level. Doing it. It's doing it your mm. job at a high level and going above and beyond. And that's another thing I don't see a lot of young people doing. Mm. They do only what they're asked. Mm. Uh, if you're doing your job at a high level, you're doing more than what you're asked of. Mm. That's you bringing value to a company. And that's why Nielsen um, and, and I give you an example, and I, I probably can speak on this an example. Um, in 2003, I had the opportunity to go to L.A. to handle some uh, business on the music side, on the entertainment side. And I was thinking about um, resigning or taking leave. I'm a thinker, so that, that entered my brain. So. Um, and at the time, like I said, I didn't, I didn't know much about fluent intelligence, but I was using it. I said, okay, I'm going to write down my choices. Now, that's something uh, my mom did teach me when I was young, so that goes under the crystallized umbrella. Mm. <laughs> she used to teach me when you're trying to make a hard decision, you write your pros and cons down. Well, I got to the point where I didn't have to write them down, but I write them down in my brain. And the pros and the cons was telling me, well, um, I got to go after this because I, you know, a part of me was like, well, I can't leave Nielsen. Mm. So I, I took the idea of leaving Nielsen to, well, maybe I'll see if I can take a leave. Well, because of me thinking of this and preparing my brain for different uh, answers that I would be given, I set myself up f to be given an answer that I wasn't even really thinking about. Mm. Uh, my fluid intelligence directed me to the point to where I could uh, put myself in a situation where they would just offer me something that I didn't even think about. And that's what happened. When I went to my manager at the time, I said, yeah, you know, um, I have an opportunity that I don't think I can pass up on. I need to go to L.A. for at least six months. And he's like, oh, wow. Um, well, we're starting a new project out there. Mm. How about you stay with Nielsen? be one of the project uh, team leaders out there, and we'll pay for your living. So now I don't have to come up with the money, figure out how I'm gonna live out there while I'm making this money in the music business. 
it's been offered to me. Well, that's not offered to a person who doesn't bring value to an organization. Mm. They don't want me to leave because I'm so valuable to the company. Mm. They want to take that value and move it over <laughs> into a different position mm. with the knowledge of me pretty much working in another industry. Mm. So if you really think about that, and for your listeners, if you really think about that, that's really bringing value to where a company who's paying you is actually investing in you to go work for somebody else. Because mm. they knew I was going out there to handle this music business. Mm. And they are like, we'll, but, but what we're gonna ask for, <laughs> mm. we need your total devotion Monday through Friday and some Saturdays. But, I mean, they, I, I'm sure they trusted you because you built that rapport. And this is goes. And I'm glad you brought that up because mm. um, I was gonna lead to that. That because of my value, but also more importantly, my integrity through the years I've been with Nielsen, they didn't have to worry about me stealing from them, stealing time from them, because I've been thrown in those situations because of my job description to where I've shown that year after year after year. Well, you can't build up that trust and that rapport with a company if you're leaving every two years because you're starting fresh every two years with another company mm. who now can't develop that relationship with you to understand if you're, you know, what type of person you are and mm. what type of employee employee you are. Mm. But, um, you know, getting back to the L.A. trip, you know, I'm out there and, and, and it was hard, to be honest with you. Um, and it's another part that I think a lot of young people got to get used to, that if you want something bad enough, you got to be willing to not just struggle, but go through some pains especially if you're trying to be an entrepreneur mm. because those peaks and valleys are going to be so large it's not built if you're weak you, you're not going to succeed you have to be a very strong individual to navigate that and you have to be a strong individual to work for a corporation longer than five or ten years mm. <laughs> so the correlation is regardless if you're an entrepreneur or if you want to become successful working in corporate america seems like patience hard work going beyond the call of duty having integrity having integrity time management creating value mm. for you and the company which means you have to think of not just yourself you can't be selfish you have to think yeah you, you have to think of other people mm. because you're being paid <laughs> to do a job and even if you're not being paid um if you've made a commitment just like a relationship a person who lacks integrity won't finish that commitment so if I'm seeing you're coming and I'm deciding if I should hire this person or not, and I bring up, a, um, ask you to tell me something about yourself and you start to tell me um, about a previous employer or a previous relationship, and each story you tell me, there's an exit in it, I'm gonna run away from you. That's, that's a precedent. I'm, I'm not gonna hire you because everybody has a bad day, everybody hits a crossroad where they're not in agreement, and you just told me Every time you hit that, that wall, you exit. Mm. Well, it's coming even in this new job that you're about to take. Mm. No, I want to hear you got through it and came out on a better end of it. Mm. That's the person I want. That's the company. I mean, that's what a corporation would want too. Mm. Well, because when I tell them that I want to be able to go to L.A. for six months, they don't come back to me and say, well, work with us out here for six months. No, stay another six months, <laughs> mm. and we're paying you the whole time. Mm. We're paying for your stuff to be in storage. 
I live in Atlanta, you're taken care of. But that's only offered, once again, to a person who's going to deliver, who mm. they feel is going to deliver. They've taken a huge risk. Mm. I could have went out there and faked it a little bit, <laughs> you know, put in my 40 hours, but I'm not really putting in 40 hours or mm. 60 hours. It was like, no, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be the best person in that position while I'm doing my music work. Mm. And guess what? The reward is I'm getting paid even more money by Nielsen and I'm delivering my product in the music business and getting money from that. Mm. Now, once again, this is hard. So by the time I get towards the end, I'm stressed. That's when I learned another lesson too, that money doesn't bring happiness because mm. I made a lot of money. But because I'm a balanced person, it didn't destroy me. Right. It just made me tired mm. and stressful, which is going to happen no matter what you're doing for a living. <laughs> so I was just a little bit more tired because mm. I was really working probably 70 to 80 hours between mm. the both of them every week. Mm. And that's that, that takes a toll on a person's uh, mind and brain. And, and mm. I consider myself to be a very strong individual. Mm. Now, if you're not and you just puffed yourself up to feel that way because you, you know, you completed a project in college <laughs> and you got an A on it and you think you're a strong individual. Nah, don't feel that way. Because you're not tested until you're really tested, until mm. your life is on the line or your family is on the line because mm. of your decision making. And if you just, if you don't have a family and you're just taking care of yourself, you're not tested if you're living at home and you're working for a corporation, you don't have any major bills and you don't have the risk of being put out on the street, mm. losing your car, having, something repossessed <clears throat> that's why you know I take offense to a young person saying well I have an understanding with older older people or people who've been with a company for 20 years been through no you don't mm. you will not be able to understand that until you do. you've gone through it mm. and it's impossible for you to create wisdom now you can create knowledge or you can obtain knowledge in a particular field but that doesn't mean you're wiser than the person who's been there 20 or 30 years. Mm. And I know that's a totally different subject, but it's all tied into sure. what we're talking about. Mm. That you have to enter these, uh, these business ventures or job opportunities with that mindset. Mm. That you have to first be humble and have respect for those who came before you. And what that's going to do is set up your beginning a lot better. But if you come in arrogant, if you come in thinking you're the best, I'm the, I'm the number one uh, field representative in Nielsen. Mm. I didn't think that way coming in. Mm. And I did produce numbers that made me number one. Mm. But even when I was number one, I was humble to believe that, hey, I still was asking people who had been with Nielsen five and ten years, and they're number-wise and performance-wise below me. I didn't look at that, look at them that way. I looked at them like, well, I can get knowledge from them to make me even stronger. Humble and hungry. Oh, wow. That's, uh, mm. and I, I'm really glad you mentioned that because yeah. I, me and Q used to have conversations about that all the time. Mm. That the person who both dominates, mm. they rule the world. Mm. Look at every leader. You look at a Martin Luther King, very mm. humble, mm. but hungry, hungry to change, change the world. You take, you know, Steve Jobs or a Warren Buffett. These people are hungry, 
but they're very humble people. And that humble, actually, that humbleness creates a space where people can't see you coming. You can see an arrogant person coming. You can see a very confident person coming because mm-hmm. they're speaking on it. And I, every time I hear that, I can tell it's fake because the person who's really that way, they don't say it. They don't have to. Mm. The people around them say it. Mm. You know, that's when you know you're at that spot where you're on the path of greatness. When other people are saying it, if you have to say it, you're not on that path. Mm. You're really just saying that to, you're probably, you probably have low self-esteem and you're really saying it to make yourself look bigger. And for validation maybe. Yeah, that too. And, yeah. and it's also tied to technology and what mm. we were speaking on earlier. Mm. This creates a false sense of uh, greatness. Oh, wow, you know, I got 50,000 followers. Do you really? <laughs> now, if you can get them people to not just like your picture, but to come and volunteer to be a part of the organization, now you're powerful. Mm. <laughs> That's greatness. Yeah. So I think we'll leave it at that. Humble and hungry. <laughs> I think uh, that's the best way to describe, uh, you know, for the... That should uh, be a book, actually. Humble and hungry is a good title. <laughs> I think we're going to have to trademark it before the... <laughs> but for the entrepreneurs and the businessmen and the leaders listening, guys, to the Wallaway here with my good friend, Daru Garner, Nielsen, Academy M, many, many benefits that we took from this from this interview. You have to be humble, but at the same time, you got to be hungry. And that means being on time, being punctual, having skills, inserting value being principled so if you want to learn you got to learn from someone of experience and daru has decades worth of experience in multiple different industries so please listen to the podcast comment below like and subscribe thank you guys thank you daru thank you